Yo, what is up, Mile Higher homies? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 117. Today, we're going to be talking about a ton of stuff. There is a lot going on in the world right now. I mean, 2020 is the craziest fucking year ever. So we need to talk about that. And one thing you guys have been asking us to talk about a lot lately is Anonymous. There has been some new developments from Anonymous, some new information. And a lot of you had questions about who Anonymous is, what they even are, and wanted us to kind of go over the new information that they have released. So that's going to be the main topic that we are going to look into today. But before we get started, we have a bunch of news topics to go over as well. We do. But before we get into that, I'd like to thank our sponsors today, Candid and Organifi, as well as if you guys haven't checked out the Lights Out podcast, which is my new show, uh, a dark twist on true crime and paranormal definitely check that out. We just covered the, the alien abduction story of Betty and Barney Hill. Yes. Interesting story. Oh yeah. It's a wild story. So if you haven't checked it out, would love for you to stop on by and see if uh, there's anything that you're interested in, but let's go ahead and get into the first news topic today. So the first story that we're going to talk about today is actually an update from last week where we covered the George Floyd case. And obviously we talked about how George Floyd was murdered on May 25th, 2020 over allegedly passing a counterfeit $20 bill, which is just fucking insane. Which it was proven that it was not a counterfeit bill, by the way. So literally died for no reason whatsoever. I mean, not that any crime, you know, you commit should mean you get murdered by the police. But Mm -hmm. the fact that this happened at all is just still hard to wrap your head around. That's for sure. It is. It makes me sick. But for the past week, we've seen, you know, protesting day in, day out because tons of people yeah tons and tons of people across the world now i mean yeah we went out in denver for a bit it was amazing yeah it's been really cool though to see people finally stand up and say something and get Mm -hmm. out there and you know use your constitutional rights in order to make your voice heard and fight for justice for not only george floyd but just everybody that's been a victim of Mm -hmm. police violence I think people as a whole, even people who aren't out protesting are waking up to the reality of police brutality in this country. And it's not just one bad apple here and there. It's a lot of officers that partake in this type of stuff. I've seen endless videos of them just crossing the line, using rubber bullets at a distance. That's just, you're not even allowed to do that. I've seen videos of people get shot right in the head with a rubber bullet through their you know, their skull and everything. It's insane. Older people too. We just saw a video that went viral of an older man being pushed down and he's in the hospital right now with a brain injury. Yeah. That's what's so crazy to me is that they're all, you know, law enforcement's all upset for us protesting yet. They're showing us exactly why we're doing it. Exactly. And And we're seeing like all these videos. It's so great that it's getting out there because I don't think a lot of people did understand why people are protesting. If it's just one incident, but then they need to understand this is happening all the time. Not all of it is caught on camera and it happens to tons of different people. There have been some updates since we covered this last week. At that point, they had only charged Derek. I think it's Chauvin last time we Shaven. said sh- or it's Shaven. Shaven yeah. I don't really care what his fucking name is, but he has now been charged with second degree murder. Um, and a lot of people have called for first degree murder, but with the way the legal system works, if we were to go for first degree murder, he absolutely probably would walk away. It's going to be, it would be possible. Yeah. Near impossible to get him convicted of first degree. Well, you have to prove premeditation. Right. And could be difficult to do that. Very difficult. So do you want to risk 
him getting off? No. Or do you want to see him go to jail? And I mean, second degree murder still carries a maximum penalty of 40 years in prison. So mm-hmm. that's could be for the rest of his life. Yeah. I believe that was the right choice. And they have also arrested the other three officers that were involved that day. And all of them are facing charges of unintentional aiding and abetting second degree murder, as well as aiding and abetting second degree manslaughter. And all of them have a bail set of a million dollars each. So there's no, there's probably not going to be able to get out. Uh, you know, they're going to be in jail. They're not going to be able to make bail probably. And I don't think that would have happened if people didn't get out there in the numbers they did and demand that he is held to the full degree of the law for what he did. We all saw it for, what is it? Eight minutes and 42 seconds. I'm pretty sure I might be off on that number. I think it's like but 46 seconds. Something like that. Yeah. We saw him be murdered. We all saw a video of someone be murdered for begging. that long, begging for, begging their, for lives. their life. Yeah. So this is the best possible outcome as far as the George Floyd situation goes, but there's so much more work that needs to be done. There are so many more people that should be held accountable past cases that have, you know, not gotten enough attention that just haven't been picked up by the media. We're seeing so many names coming forward of injustices and it's just, it's good. It's finally happening. It seems like people are really waking up to the reality of where we're at when it comes to race in America. I don't think a lot of people want to admit that we have a still to this day have a major race problem. Yeah. And the only reason this happened at all is because the state attorney's office picked it up and took it over from the local uh, attorney's office because mm-hmm. the local attorney wasn't going to do anything. So then the Minnesota attorney general, Keith Ellison took over the case and he, he was the one that brought charges against it. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. They weren't going to do anything, but the other uh, piece of update that we have was the, Mm. Uh, autopsies regarding George Floyd. So the County medical examiner's office concluded that George Floyd's death was caused by cardiac arrest as police restrained him and compressed his neck. And they also listed that he had fentanyl and recent methamphetamine in his system, um, which they, they, yeah, they didn't list that as a cause of death, but it seemed like the, the County was kind of like, insinuating mm-hmm. that he was on drugs and that was probably the reason why he yeah. died as a result yeah. of some bullshit, you know, the officer's actions. So the family had their own autopsy conducted and they concluded that he died of asphyxiation due to neck and back compression due to Chauvin's knee being on his neck and the other responding officers knees being on his back, which made it impossible for him to breathe. I think it's pretty clear that the main reason why the family wanted an independent autopsy conducted was because a, they don't trust the government whatsoever. None of us did or the medical examiner's office. So they wanted to get an independent look at it. And you know, they had somebody completely unbiased, take a look. And they said specifically that it was the officer's actions and their, mm-hmm. you know, having their knees on him, four of them, by mm-hmm. the way, they were like all on top of him. Actually three at of them point. were on him at one point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those are all big guys. So the amount of force that's being exerted onto George Floyd is just unbearable. I mean, mean, you didn't have to, you saw the video. You obviously know that the initial report is just wrong. We saw him be murdered. We saw it happen. Cause I, it seems like the County was trying to spin. Like this was a result of the drugs Uh he was on Mm -hmm. and that led to him having the, Oh, they tried. They always will try hard issues and everything. And so they tried to, pull the blame off of the officers mm-hmm. as best as they could, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, all the officers are facing very, very serious charges and probably we will all end up in prison for a very long time. 
I think it's become very clear to politicians and, you know, officials in the government that the current system of policing is just not working and we need to reform it because this shouldn't be happening. It's been going on for way too long. So how do we fix, you know, these major problems that we have with our police? And so a couple politicians have kind of stepped up and put forth some legislation to try and help some of the issues that we're having. And one of them is U.S. Representative Justin Amash, who is actually a longtime conservative, and he has actually gained bipartisan support for his End Qualified Immunity Act, which hopes to hold police accountable for the crimes they commit on duty and would finally allow for civil lawsuits against the police, which to me seems like both of those should be already things that are, you know, in place, in place. And the fact that they're not is fucking crazy Mm -hmm. that police, you know, as a police officer, you're protected and protected by the police unions and everything. So it's very hard to come after in a way. Oh yeah, definitely. So you absolutely should be held responsible for any sort of crimes you commit while on duty. And Mm -hmm. not only that Senator, Cory Booker actually introduced another uh, list of sweeping reforms to police departments, which include stripping them of their military weapons and gear. And that's one of the biggest, I think, solutions to the police problem is that our police have become so militarized. Like there's almost no difference. I mean, they look, I mean, they look exactly like soldiers out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're body armor head to toe. They've got air 15 assault weapons They're you know, they got tear gas, which is a weapon of war. They've got, You know, heavy be, artillery, those big armored vehicles and stuff. Mm-hmm, those rubber bullets, insane. Yeah, which they call less lethal. Yeah, right. But they're still dangerous. Maybe as they're fuck. less lethal, yeah, but they're still lethal. <laughs> yeah, you can still kill somebody with those for sure. I mean, it is hard because they are, you know, decked out with all this gear because tons of citizens have AR 15s. Right. We're seeing school shootings, and obviously they do need that to an extent. So I understand it's a very complex, complicated issue. It is because you also want to make sure that officers are able to stay safe while, you know, working and be able to do their job. Yeah. But, but it, we do need a major change here. But that's the thing too, is I think it, it goes even wider than that. You have to tackle the issue as a whole where citizens are able to militarize themselves, you know? And so if the citizens have it, then the police, you know, probably should have yeah. it too, because you know, what happens if somebody goes on a crazy rampage or something like that, mm-hmm. there needs to be that. And, and that's where like, does a patrol officer necessarily need to be carrying all of that equipment? I agree. Or, you know, does every department just have a specialized unit like the SWAT team that is called it? Maybe only the SWAT mm-hmm. has all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the hard thing about it is a lot of people will debate that, you know, all officers should be carrying, you know, the same equipment that a SWAT officer would carry. But others say that, you know, like Cory Booker saying we should take their military weapons away. Well, if they're misusing them and, You know, just I mean, the amount of videos that we're seeing of people who are just peacefully protesting, getting beat, getting pushed. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. So there has to be some type of consequence. Yeah, absolutely. And my other thought with this, too, was that I think the image of police has changed dramatically to where I think they appear intimidating and scary Mm -hmm. and they are carrying all this weaponry and they have all these things that could potentially hurt you or kill you. And, you know, to an average citizen who isn't carrying anything or doesn't have anything on them, that could be very intimidating and scary to have an encounter with a police officer. And Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, so many more factors that play into it. But I think just our outlook on police, we're all like, you know, how many people out there when you're driving down the road and a a cop gets behind you, you meet your heart kind of skips a beat or your stomach drops and you're like, 
you're not doing anything wrong, but our natural instinct is to get scared and you start worrying that shouldn't be like that. And no, that's the problem. And it's even scary because like you were just talking about when a cop, like just the other day I passed a cop and I was like going like six miles over the speed limit. And I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't like try and pull something. And then I started thinking, Oh my God, I can't even imagine what it feels like to be someone of color or a black person. And it's just Mm -hmm. like this, the fear has to be amplified because I, as a white privileged woman, like, you know, for the most part, I'll be okay. I know that I'm not going to fear for my life mm-hmm. and I still get nervous. And I can't even imagine what it is like to legitimately fear for your life. Every time you see a cop car, cop car, or you see a police mm-hmm. officer or something like that. It's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And I mean, I I've seen firsthand, I mean, I've been on a bunch of ride alongs and I've been with cops as they're pulling over people and racially profiling people because of the type of car they drive or the color of their skin. And, you know, like I remember a specific incident where we went to, you know, apartment complex where there was shots fired. And when we got there, there was no shots fired whatsoever. But the cop that I was with was a white cop. And, you know, there were, there happened to be these two younger black males that were just driving in their, you know, apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And just because, you know, the description over the radio was like, you know, young black male or 20 something year old black male, he immediately pulled them over and then it ended up being this big, long, like two hour ordeal where they were out of the car. And I felt really weird in that moment because I was like, wow, like these guys clearly aren't doing anything. They're just looking at this cop like, what the hell are you know, why'd you you have no reason to pull us over other than we're black. Mm -hmm. And I I think that the racial profiling is the biggest problem is that it's Mm -hmm. just because you're black you automatically fit, you know, into their suspect category mm-hmm. and, you know, you get pulled over, you, you know, that's the reason they're contacted more. I don't know. It's, Oh, it's absolutely true. It's just, it's sad that that's where we're at and mm-hmm. they don't teach you that in Academy. It's not like they teach cops to be racial profilers, no. but it's something they just pick up when they're out mm-hmm. there and from senior officers have Other been doing officers, it for right years and years and years are like, Oh, chances are, if you pull this, you know, he's probably going to have something on him or he's going to have a warrant or blah, blah, blah. And they just assume. And then it, I I think that's where the issue really lies is a lot of these older officers, like, uh, officer Chauvin. I mean, he was a 20 year veteran and all these other guys were fairly new to the force. And you can imagine that they didn't probably want to, didn't want to cross paths with the veteran officer because that's also the thing too. Mm -hmm. And going back to demilitarizing the police is that the way that the police departments are set up is like exactly like the military, the ranks. I mean, you've got your Sergeant, you got your Mm -hmm. lieutenants, you got your captains. It's literally set up like the military. And not only that, you've got lots of police officers who are veterans, which is great that veterans are getting jobs. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times veterans are bringing, you know, past experience from the military into policing the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and you know i've seen some cops too that were you know doing tours in afghanistan and iraq and dealing with crazy shit on a day-to-day basis and then they're out here in the the local neighborhood acting Mm -hmm. like it's the same thing Mm -hmm. and that everybody running around yeah everybody's running around ready to kill you and that's not the case and they're just you know they build up that you know those ideas in their head and Mm -hmm. they just run with it and it's just such a you know, and again, it comes back to, I think we need more diversity in our police departments. Absolutely. Like there's not nearly enough, you know, no, not at all diversity. It's, oh, it's pathetic. It really or women even like, yes. there's yeah. like, Absolutely. how often do you encounter a female 
cop. Not often. And we need more women and people of color and black people in office. Yeah. And in office Mm -hmm. in our local governments and, Mm -hmm. you know, federal government. So it's, it's really a complex multi-layered issue. It is. But I think at the end of the day, the main, the main thing that we can do, and I think legislatures can do is hold police accountable Mm -hmm. for everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a police officer, the amount of of power you have Mm -hmm. is far more than many of us will ever have as far as, you know, not only, you know, weapon weaponry, but also just the rights that are afforded to you as a peace officer. You're, you know, you can arrest people. As a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. Or people call them peace officers as well. Oh, yeah. That's just another word for it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Peace officer. That's the, that's the name too. I was going to say peace Peace officer. That, that is literally. I've never heard that. That's an official name for a police officer is peace officer. Because they're like supposed to keep the peace. Keep they're the supposed peace. Even to. though they're literally causing fucking chaos. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I did not know that. You're a peace officer. And then we re, you know, we call it police and then cops and everything mm-hmm. else. But, you know, for a long, long time, they were, you were known as a peace officer because you're there wow. to keep the peace. Interesting they got rid of that name. They and really, I don't ever hear officers using no, that. No, no. Because who, what officer? I'm a peace officer. <laughs> yeah. You know? True. Because that's the thing, too, is I think ego. Well, some officers, I think, would. Yeah, some officers do a great job of that. Mm-hmm. But others, you know, they get that badge, they get that gun, and then their ego goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I saw a lot of people that were like that, that felt like mm-hmm. now that I have this power and ability to, you know, arrest mm-hmm. people and pull people over and stuff, that I'm just going to do whatever I want. And, yeah. you know, within the bounds of the law, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... And you saw that like 10 years ago and and now we have it on camera. So we're all seeing it. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing all of the, the missteps and the just lack of accountability for police. I mean, that's the main Mm -hmm. thing is if you commit a crime, you should not get a slap on the wrist. You shouldn't, you know, some of these officers in these other cases are just getting administrative leave without pay, desk duty. Yep. Like what the fuck does I'm that I'm covering do? a video on my channel this week or covering a case where the officer, there's a lot of detail into it. It's DJ Henry's case. If you want to look it up, but basically the officer got off with nothing. He murdered him. He jumped on his car, shot him through his windshield. He was doing nothing wrong. And he was on yep. paid, paid leave for leave. two years. Paid leave and then for he retired. a injury. And then he finally retired and became a security guard. That's insane. See. And a lot of people don't even know about that story. And the thing too is that I wish there was more accountability around police doing their jobs as they're trained to do. Like mm-hmm. obviously as a as a police officer you got to adapt to situations, but oftentimes what we see is officers just forget their training mm-hmm. and they just go like wild west on people and Yeah, that's and what it seems like. Just do whatever they think think that they need to do or feel like is going to be best for them rather than stick to the training mm-hmm. and stick to what you're taught. And and that just goes back to as well that the police that we do have don't seem to have a nearly enough training. I mean, you only go through like about a year of Academy before yeah, you're out on the street and then you're with another senior officer for like yeah. six months and then you're on your own. And yeah, that's the thing. So much responsibility. Tons. Yeah. Versus like, I agree. should be more, more, just more accountability. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, I don't think it's like everybody hates the police. I think it's, we want, we deserve better from the yes. people that take a fucking oath uh-huh. to protect. And you literally promise that you're going to mm-hmm. put your life in mm-hmm. front of somebody else's. You're, you're going to take a bullet for a citizen. You're going to yeah. save a life. You're going to do something. You're a hero. You're supposed right. to be. And there are cops that take that oath mm-hmm. seriously there and are. do heroic acts. 
but there's it seems a lot like that are in it for the wrong reasons. It really seems that way. And another point to make, and I don't think a lot of people even think about this, but being in the true crime world, we have seen it over and over and over again where police departments just fuck up cases. They just don't care. They lose evidence. They don't call people back. We have seen so many families be treated like garbage by departments that are just trying to get justice for their missing loved one or their murdered loved one. It's insane. So we need police reform in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And another part of this too, that we've talked about before is like priorities of the police, Mm -hmm. like the police's priorities on a day-to-day basis seem completely fucking backwards. Like Mm -hmm. why are we going out arresting drugs, you know, going after drugs so hard versus when we have literal sex trafficking rings, Mm -hmm. we have kidnappings, we have Mm -hmm. abductions, we have, you know, cartels infiltrating our country. Like there's so, so many bigger problems that it seems like they just want to focus on, you know, they just want to like bully people. Yeah. It's just like boss people around and, and, you know, hit quotas, make sure that they always look good. And, you know, they don't want to admit any wrong. I'm just over it. I'm angry. It's very rare that you see. If you're not angry, you're not paying attention. I know a lot of people are saying that right now, but it's so true. It is true. And it's, it's, we got to do better. I mean, we can do better. That's the thing is that if we, if we, you know, stand up and Mm -hmm. speak out against this and also vote people into office Mm -hmm. again, the sheriffs in your counties, the police we will chiefs, leave voting dates the mayors, in the description box. Yeah. All of these people are super mm-hmm. important to yes. reforming and fixing this issue. Yes, I so, completely agree. I'll get off my soapbox, but <laughs> no, that was good. But let's go ahead and get into the next story that we have. Switching yeah, gears majorly here. Switching yeah. gears. <laughs> switching major gears here. So Joe Exotic. <laughs> Another big story of 2020. Yes. Yeah. Tiger King. I know. And it's like, God, that already so seems so much has happened in away. this fucking year. Isn't it insane? It's been the wildest year. It really has. It's like something new every week. Yeah. These next <laughs> next two stories all, all happening in 2020 is just mm. insane. But anyways, Joe Exotic, which, you know, he had the exotic zoo in Oklahoma. He's in jail for hiring somebody to kill mm-hmm. Carol Baskin, who is... <laughs> But she says he didn't. But she but. says he didn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's serving 20 years in prison for that, uh, for paying a hitman $3,000. And what's crazy is that Carol Baskin, who ran the Big Cat Sanctuary, mm-hmm. who was kind of his arch nemesis, she, the recent news is that she's going to be taking over <laughs> Joe Exotic Zoo. That's so great. <laughs> That's going to piss him off so bad. Oh, I'm sure oh, he's I'm in sure jail. He's just like, I'm sure he, he knew it was going to happen though. He's like, she's going to. I just it. don't understand. None of these fucking people should have zoos though. I know. Carol Baskin's bad too. <laughs> yeah. Her rescue is uh, a sight There's for a sore There's a lot eyes. of sketchy things yeah. going on with her. <laughs> it really is. But apparently a federal court ruled that Jeff Lowe, who was the one that mm-hmm took the zoo from basically swindled Joe exotic out of his zoo. Right. And the zoo has just been doing absolutely terrible since then. And obviously, you know, the virus didn't help with that at all either, Mm -hmm. but they found that the zoo was fraudulently transferred uh, to the mother of Joe exotic. So based on a court case that they had, Carol Baskin and her big cat rescue corporation are now going to be given the zoo ownership of the zoo. So they have so, to pay for it? Is it like a transaction? No. Yeah, wow. They, just, they, they, they were lawfully supposed to get it. Dude. And they never did. Joe is fuming. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Which I don't think she gets any of the cats as far as I know, because I think Jeff Lowe is required to 
vacate and get rid of all the cats before Where before they the turn. Go? Yeah, I don't know. Some have gone to Colorado, the sanctuary here. Yeah, I'm sure I'll go to zoos and sanctuaries across the country. How but many did he have? Like 200 something? Yeah, more 200 just tigers at one oh, point. Oh my God. Fucking nuts. My guess though is that some of the cats will probably stay in, you know, Carol Baskin will just yeah. keep them in the zoo. But I think she might move her whole thing over to his. <laughs> oh my God. So literally, if you go visit the big cat sanctuary, you're going to go to what was once Joe Exotic's zoo. God. Crazy stuff, huh? What a way for that story to end. Well, maybe it's not over. I, oh, I don't think <laughs> it's over to yet. to say end. <laughs> but the next story we have oh, is man. Fr- frightening to say the least. <laughs> Oh, my anxiety is so bad. Guys. Before you're okay, this. before we talk about this, I just want to say the chances of this happening yes. are one in 730,000. Okay, thank you. That's like not, I feel like that's still kind of a lot, though. It's pretty good chances, like, actually, it's still. It's still pretty good chances. Not like Janelle, five million. Janelle would be a lot more comfortable if it was in the billions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's not even over a million. Like, this yeah. shit is scary. I was reading about it the other day and I was just so shook. And I started. We didn't even say what it is yet, but we're going to be talking about Yellowstone National Park, yes. which I was so scared of this as a kid, like really, really scared to it. I had to talk to therapist about it because some kid on my bus kept being like, yeah, Yellowstone's going to blow. We're all going to die. And like constantly. And I was so freaked out. Oh I went God. home and cried to my parents. Did you it ever still watch scares that? me to this day. There was like a movie that they did, like a reenactment. I saw it in science class. Our teacher showed it to us. No. Yeah, was really? it a reenactment of yeah, volcano? I, I think it was done by like what? National Geographic or something. But they made oh, like a no. like a little movie like, of like what would happen. Where they would show what would happen if the Yellowstone <sighs> supervolcano blew yeah, up. Yeah, I think I've seen that actually. I remember watching it and they're like, and then it would travel the ash would travel this far and it would yeah. be this. Yeah. It would look like this here. But it was like, like a they had like actors and everything. So it wasn't like a documentary. It was oh. like an actual movie played out, like <laughs> kind of like day after tomorrow or something like that. So yeah. So basically what's going on is that there's been uh, a bunch of earthquakes happening, swarms of earthquakes uh, in Yellowstone national park, according to the U S geological survey. And this is renewing concern that potentially the Yellowstone supervolcano could go off because geologists say that there would be a ton of swarms of earthquakes prior to it erupting. So every time, and again, this, this story continues to crop up every year. I feel like because it gets, there's always some activity there and yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it does get hits. People always freak out and, you know, worry about it. But yeah, there was a swarm of earthquakes, 11 earthquakes to be exact, uh, the previous Friday and a total of 34 next month. And these are low magnitude quakes, uh, but they happen deep underground, which is where that, that volcano lies. So Let's talk about what could happen if it erupts. It's not good. This is truly crazy. It is. So Yellowstone National Park itself would literally be erased from the face of the earth. Be gone. Yeah. Because it's so big. It's Mm -hmm. like literally the whole park. It would explode. Yeah. Yep. So it would start with a swarm of intense earthquakes, which is a sign that magma is rushing toward the surface. Then the pressure would build until like a champagne bottle, given a vigorous shake the magma would burst through the ground in a titanic eruption that would discharge toxic innards of the earth into the air. Wow. And it would continue for days, bearing Yellowstone and lava within a 40 mile radius of the eruption. That's just lava. 40 miles too. You would be able to see that from like space, dude. That Oh, absolutely. Lava flows 40 miles in, in uh, diameter. That's crazy. Can't even wrap my head around it. So here's the devastation though. 
It wouldn't be restricted just to the local area. Yellowstone's plume of ash, lava, and volcanic gases would reach a height of 15 miles or more. And from this lofty position, it'd be blown across North America. Ash would darken the skies and blanket the ground from coast to coast with up to three feet of ash fall in the northern Rockies and a few inches over much of the Midwest. Citizens might be mildly amused at first at the black snow, but then they'd soon realize the danger it presents. Hospitals would be choked with victims coughing up blood as the oh. silicate in the ash slashed their lungs. Oh my gosh. Because silicate is like straight up rock. Like that's like hard, sharp edges. So you inhale that ash and it's literally carving up your insides. Oh my. So you, everybody <laughs> would be coughing up blood because all your innards would be just getting cut up by the stuff you're inhaling. That is so terrifying. Heavy ash would collapse roofs, contaminate water supplies, down power lines, prevent air travel, perhaps yeah. even take out electrical transformers, which would bring the nation's power grid to its knees. Ruin all the farms. Yep. The ash fall would likely wipe out the Midwest crop of corn and soybeans. And especially if it happened during the growing season and much of the farmland in America would be poisoned for a generation. And then combine this with a worldwide volcanic winter. So basically like a nuclear, it'd be like if a nuclear bomb went off in the middle of the yeah, United States, like it's pretty apocalypse. much the equivalent. I think they said it was like a hundred to 300 atomic bombs that we dropped on Hiroshima. Oh my that's insane. That's yeah. just like, yeah, that's absolutely crazy. So it could plunge the entire earth uh, into a winter of 18 degrees Fahrenheit for a decade. <laughs> God, I'm so, that so scared. really cannot happen. I know. I I was really freaking myself out the other night because I heard like five billion people would die. So it would It'd I mean our lot. population would go down by more than half. And pretty much North America would be unlivable. Your only chance to survive would be like to try to get to another country. Yeah, or be prepared to stay indoors with a large food supply or underground, yeah, even and like have- like, and have filtration and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. Cause it'll come through the air vents. And but the problem is, is that it would like wipe out all of our food. Yeah. Which yeah. would cause starvation for devastating. millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. Janelle's be- over there about to pass out. And I'm sure some of our Dude, I'm so shook. audience is <laughs> like, <freaking> oh. <laughs> I hate like giving you guys all these negative intro topics. And it's only but- one of two super volcanoes. We have another one in the U S I think it's in Utah. Oh, great. So oh, no. that's fun. But Geologists say that the chances of it again are one in 730,000 and okay. it last erupted 640,000 years ago. So if you think about it, like yeah. the chances mm. of it happening in our lifetimes is very slim. I don't know. 2020 man. You never know. <laughs> that, that's oh the my thing. God. That's how it ends. <laughs> We're headed to the end. Season or- finale. Oh. Yellowstone blows up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to see aliens before that though. Oh, Who knows? Maybe they save us. We're not. We're like halfway through the year. What else is coming? Seriously though. Seems like the universe is throwing everything at us. Well, anyway, there was some other huge news in the true crime world. Um, There's been a development in the Madeline McCann case, which is definitely one of the most famous cases, if not the most famous case in the world. Yeah, we covered it a while ago. I think Mm -hmm. it's been a a year or so since we covered it. I think it it was the first video I ever did on my channel, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure it sucks, but... (laughs) But in case you don't know what happened with this case. Madeline McCann was three years old at the time where she disappeared without a trace on the evening of May 3rd, 2007, uh, when she was supposed to be in her bed at a vacation apartment uh, at a resort in Portugal uh, with her parents on vacation, uh, which her family is from the UK, uh, Kate and Jerry McCann, Mm -hmm. as well as her siblings. I think they're all there. 
which a lot of people think Kate and Jerry are responsible mm-hmm. and did something or involved. But what's the news? There has been another suspect announced in the case. So the recent update with this case has come from the public prosecutor of the German city of Braunschweig, and he ordered an inquiry regarding a possible involvement of a 43-year-old male believed to have been living in a borrowed VW camper van in this region where she disappeared from. So this is really weird, but apparently this individual who was living in this borrowed camper van also owned a Jaguar XJR6, mm-hmm. which the police found out that the day after Madeline McCann vanished, the car all of a sudden was registered to a no, new owner. Like they he switched it. Huh. So that's, that's very weird. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe he used that to get away with her. I don't know. But the prosecutor whose name is Hans Christian Wolters from the public prosecutor's office stated that they are operating under the presumption that Madeline McCann is dead due to the suspect's criminal record. And apparently the suspect has been convicted of unrelated offenses of sexual abuse of children and drug trafficking and is currently incarcerated. Uh, And the media actually showed who the suspect was and gave his name. He is Christian Bruckner and he's currently serving seven years in jail for the rape of a 72 year old. What the fuck? A 72 year old. Yeah. What What kind of sick freak is this this guy? guy's Clearly fucked up. God. But on June 3rd, the German federal police made a public appeal for information relating to the case. The police stated that they received useful information in 2013, but that it took years to find substantial wow. evidence for prosecution and they still need more information. So it seems like there's definitely, they have a definite yeah. connection with him and Madame McCann. Interesting. They've thought that he's a possibility since 2013. 13. Yeah. That's wow. going. I wonder how much more will come out about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're asking the public whether they have any information about two Portuguese phone numbers, one being the suspect's phone number and the other being the number that called him on the day of Madeline's disappearance. Apparently, suspect's number had a 30-minute phone call with the second number on the same day that she disappeared. Wow. You know what? This this screams to me like he kidnapped her and put her into a trafficking ring. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that that's what happened. Because... I mean, she is exactly what they look for. Mm-hmm. Un- you know, know, sadly, that's like literally what she. So he could definitely. I mean, if he has a criminal history of this sexual abuse of children, I mean, it's very. And he drives a Jaguar, but lives in a VW van. Yeah, what the what fuck? The hell? So he's, which could tells me that he probably was living in that van so that you know he could keep a watch on these vacation areas <sighs> where families bring their children and stuff, which is so fucking creepy. But imagine if this case ends up getting solved, if he ends up confessing and maybe shows them where the body is. Wow. Or, 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 or just tells what happened. Yeah. yeah. Or tells them mm-hmm. like, Hey, I gave I them sold, to the, sold, I sold her. her into sex trafficking and maybe she's still out there somewhere. And I mean, there's always a possibility that this is, you know, not going to, nothing will come out of this and it's, he's not the actual perpetrator. A lot of people think it's the parents. I've, I asked people on Twitter what they thought. And most people were like, I still think it's the parents and you know, I got to see a lot more evidence before I believe this. So I don't know who knows, but I feel like if they took the time to come out with this and say his name and say, we've got something going on here. Like, I feel like they have more than what's being presented out into the public because why like, it's gotta be pretty severe evidence, um, a pretty strong case for them to even consider this and, you know, being putting it out in the public. 
Especially, yeah, like they've definitely got something going on. Yeah, especially since this is such a high profile case. Exactly. They know this is going to make worldwide headlines. Right. Like mm -hmm. this is not just some, you know, little local case or something that has gotten no media coverage. This case went global. Oh, absolutely. So to come forward, I agree with Jill, to come forward with asking the public for information about a specific individual and giving his name. Right. And I think giving his name is because he is incarcerated. So mm -hmm. you know, if he, he couldn't, it's not like he can run away or disappear or something like that. But a lot of people have pointed out though, that they do have a lot of pressure to solve this. So much money has been put into the Madeline McCann case and people want answers. They want them to solve it. So some people are a little, I guess, distrustful when it comes to this information and, you know, don't want to jump to conclusions that it's going to be solved or anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, maybe it's a glimmer of hope. I mean, if, Maybe if any of us are still holding on hope here, like maybe mm -hmm. this is it. Maybe this, this guy will eventually lead us to the truth about what happened to her. Maybe wouldn't that be crazy if the Madeline McCann case was solved in 2020 as well. I mean, this year is just a roller coaster. Yeah, it really is. But let's go ahead and get into anonymous as well as the anonymous leaks. But before we do, we'd like to thank our sponsors for today. All right. So with everything going on in the world, we thought it would be a good idea to sort of do an episode on anonymous, because I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about anonymous, especially since they're seeing so many Twitter posts from anonymous go viral. Mm -hmm. I mean, all, like every post that they have, have put out there has been uber viral, like yeah. so many retweets They've and kind of resurged. Yeah, they have. And so a lot of people are wondering and questioning, like, can they trust anonymous? Can they trust what they're saying? And for the most part, I mean, they've been putting out a ton of factual information. They've been, you know, posting a lot of videos, especially of the police brutality that's going mm -hmm. on out there. Mm -hmm. They've been really, really taking a stand uh, with Black Lives Matter and against the police. For yeah, sure. I believe they hacked the Chicago PD radios and played fuck the police on it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they've been yep. pretty savage. They have been. But the other reason we wanted to talk about Anonymous is because Anonymous came out with some leaked info, leaked documents this past week. And a lot of you were really interested to hear our thoughts on it, as well as like, you know, is it information that we can trust or are these leaks fake or, you know, just misinformation that's coming out. But before we talk about the leaks, I wanted to talk a little bit about what is anonymous and what it's about. What do they do? What have they done? And I don't know if, you know, some of you out there probably don't know that I have a background in IT and technology. Uh, and so I've definitely dived into this world, cybersecurity and all of that. So I actually have a fairly good amount of knowledge when it comes to hacking and how it works, as well as, you know, the methods for which Anonymous goes and obtains information on, you know, from government agencies, religions, and all these other types of organizations that they take a stand against. But at its base, Anonymous is a decentralized international activist hacktivist collective that is widely known for its various cyber attacks against several governments, government institutions, government agencies, corporations, and even the Church of Scientology. It's important to note, though, that Anonymous is not an actual organization that you right. join. There's no membership. Mm -hmm. There's no like official form that you fill out to be or apply to be in it. Mm -hmm. It's literally leaderless. There's nobody at the top. There's no ranks. It's more of an idea is the way that they put, right. put it forward is that anybody can join it as long as you believe in sort of the same values or their philosophy. And at its core, anonymous opposes internet censorship and control 
And most of their actions target governments, organizations, and corporations that they accuse of censorship. That's like the number one thing they hate is censorship. Mm -hmm. And they attack anybody or any country that attempts to try and censor, you know, both the truth, but just the spread of information. They want the internet to remain open and free. And they believe everybody should have access to information, you know, especially government agencies or different groups that attempt to hide and cover up, especially things, crimes against humanity, Mm -hmm. you know, illegal activities that are done, um, especially from governments. And they only have a few rules, which includes not disclosing each other's identity or their own identity. They remain anonymous. That's like the whole point of is that don't ever say who you are and, you know, Mm -hmm. put the whole movement at risk by, you know, or attaching your name to it. So you get all the credit or glory, you know, like you're supposed to remain anonymous no matter what. That's like the number one rule as well as not talking about the group or attacking the media. Those are other two things that they do not like. And members commonly use the tagline. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. And three of the group's key characteristics are one, an unrelenting moral stance on issues and rights, regardless of direct provocation a physical presence that accompanies online hacking activity and a distinctive brand. So they're definitely a hacktivist organization and they're controversial because they do hack and access information technically illegally a lot of the times Uh and they're committing cyber crime. But at the same time, they are giving us information that we wouldn't otherwise know about crimes against humanity. Exactly. And like we've seen in this past week with the anonymous leaks we've been getting a lot of information you know about the minneapolis police department as well as donald trump and jeffrey epstein Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have been retweeting their posts and even asking if they can join anonymous because a lot of people are like hey i I like what they stand for i like what they're doing yeah so how do i join and and they're like joke on twitter actually yeah and they're saying So you want to join Anonymous? You cannot join Anonymous. Nobody can join Anonymous. Anonymous is not an organization. It is not a club, a party, or even a movement. It is resistance. So purely by resisting, you know, authorities and the powers that be, you and, you know, not taking, you know, not bringing upon yourself or giving yourself the glory and you remain anonymous, you are essentially a part of of their resistance. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest positives about them is that they do stand up for justice And they do publicly voice that their values are human rights, autonomy and self-governance, resistance against tyranny, a more humane society, actions, not nouns. So where did Anonymous come from and how long have they been around? So they actually originated in 2003 and they started out on 4chan, which at that time was kind of the, you know, best place to be anonymous and spread information. Underground place. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really where they got their start. And then, you know, over time, they kind of evolved, you know, the way that they conducted business. And then they kind of adopted this new symbol to sort of create a unification among other members. And Mm -hmm. that was the adoption of the Guy Fox mass, which is that, you know, face of the mustache. Uh, It kind of looks like Mm -hmm. almost like a Shakespearean mask in a way. I don't know if you guys have ever seen V for Vendetta, but it's it's that. It mask. reminds me of like the the purge kind of. Yeah, Just well, the I think. Smiling and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Well, I think somebody actually wore a Guy Fox mask in that movie too. Oh, actually. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the 
the whole Guy Fox mask is actually a representation of a real person. Um, a man named Guy Fox, actually, that's hence where it came from. And he actually tried to assassinate King James the first in order to restore Catholicism. And this guy was eventually caught on November 5th, 1605 when authorities found a stash of gunpowder explosive. He was going to bomb, bomb the King wow. pretty much. Yeah. Imagine what would have changed if he did. Yeah, I know. Right? Society could have turned out differently. But the whole point was that he refused to name whoever was working with him or his co-conspirators. And even though they caught everybody and he was found guilty and the guy actually was sentenced to death uh, by being hanged and then drawn and quartered, like he had a brutal end. But this has kind of created the symbol for anonymous and you know what they stand for resistance and Mm -hmm. fight, you know, kind of fight the, and it's, the system. It's pretty recognized now. Like a lot of people have seen at least a picture of someone in anonymous wearing the mask and talking. Protesters even are wearing Guy yep. Fox masks. Mm-hmm. You've been seeing that on the news too. Mm-hmm. And you know, are, are those people necessarily a hacker? Like not everybody, a part of anonymous is necessarily a hacker. Mm-hmm. They're just as a group or as a idea. That's what they do is they're a hacktivist uh, group. So let's go over some of their biggest hacks, starting with the Church of Scientology, which they made their target in 2008 and declared war against them. Yeah. And this was really kind of their claim to fame, I guess you could say. Like, this is how people really started hearing about yes. Anonymous and, and what they were doing. Uh, because after the publication, Gawker posted a notorious video of celebrity Scientologist Tom Cruise. Anonymous posted a video of its own declaring that the extent of your malign influence over those who trust you as leaders has made clear to us has been made clear to us Mm -hmm. and anonymous has therefore decided that your organization should be destroyed and it launched an elaborate disruption program called project chenology which encouraged people to spam the church with emails and phone calls and bring and they brought down its website with denial of service attacks multiple times because they definitely did not like what the Scientologists were doing and and what the church of Scientology was doing to people and, and felt like it was completely wrong and they wanted to try and, and, and take it down. So they launched an attack on it. And they were kind of ahead of like the whole movement. I mean, a lot of people were angry at this time, but it's really grown since, you know, there's been documentaries and Lee Remney and all of that, you know, have gotten a lot more people familiar with what Scientology actually is and what they're doing. Yeah. But anonymous kind of jumped on it before it even really blew they called up, out I the guess. bullshit yeah they called yeah. out the the lies and you know how dangerous it is to have a celebrity like tom cruise representing mm-hmm. what they call a religion Absolutely. when in fact it seems like it's quite the opposite of that i mean many people would say that it's a full-on cult it's a fucking cult mm-hmm. so they were on to that and then another thing they didn't like was the whole westboro baptist church and all the shit that they've mm-hmm. done and one of the things that anonymous seems to like to do is respond to threats from organizations like this. And apparently there was the anonymous was supposed to hack Westboro Baptist church and it it didn't happen. And the church was like, Oh, it's just a hoax. Like bring Mm -hmm. it on. If you guys are so powerful, then do it. And then literally days later, anonymous hackers hacked into the Westboro Baptist church is website. And they put, take this defacement as a simple warning, go away. (laughs) (laughs) The world, including Anonymous, disagrees with your hateful messages. Anonymous has even hacked the Koch brothers. Uh, they've gone after a bunch of different anybody that sort of, you know, is trying to suppress information or 
you know, they really don't like, you know, anybody that's trying to control, you know, or censor, you know, what people are doing online and talking about or concealing the truth or people who are spreading hate. Yeah. Or spreading hate um, that goes directly against uh, their values. So getting to the recent anonymous leaks that uh, just came out this past week. So the first thing that we saw with anonymous was uh, they released a video on Facebook. They also sent it to the Minneapolis police department on May 20th, 2020. And the video is titled anonymous message to the Minneapolis police department. And they state that they're going to seek revenge on the police department and expose their crimes to the world. So we'll go ahead and play that video for you. Officers who kill people and commit other crimes need to be held accountable just like the rest of us. Otherwise, they will believe that they have a license to do whatever they want. You will claim that this is just the work of a few bad apples, but what of the officers who stand by and do nothing while they commit offenses against the people they encounter, and the police departments like yours who refuse to prosecute these criminals as they would one of the citizens that they are sworn to protect? People have had enough of this corruption and violence from an organization that promises to keep them safe. After the events of the past few years, many people are now beginning to learn that you are not here to save us, but rather, you are here to oppress us and carry out the will of the criminal ruling class. You are here to keep order for the people in control, not to provide safety for the people who are being controlled. In fact, you are the very mechanism that elites use to continue their global system of oppression, and the world is finally starting to wake up to this, and they are becoming increasingly angry every time they see blood needlessly spilled without consequence. These officers must face criminal charges, and Officer Chauvin especially should face murder charges. Unfortunately, we do not trust your corrupt organization to carry out justice, so we will be exposing your many crimes to the world. We are legion. Expect us. And shortly after they released this message, they also went and hacked the parent city of Minneapolis site and started exposing all of the email addresses and passwords of Minneapolis police officers to the public. Uh, and then like Kendall noted a, a little while ago, they actually hijacked the Chicago police radios and started mm-hmm. playing NWA's fuck the police mm-hmm. uh, while they were trying to fight with protesters, which was pretty great. And there's actually a little clip of that as well. I'll play that. But now moving into the documents that they released, because there are some pretty damning documents regarding Donald Trump, possible rape allegations, as well as connections with Epstein that were released as well. And Anonymous uploaded these documents to a scribed account called OP Death Eaters. And they say that they have incriminating evidence against U.S. President Donald J. Trump and Jeffrey Epstein in multiple cases of pedophilia, rape and sexual assault. Now, we've talked about this a little bit in the past when we talked about Jeffrey Epstein, but Donald Trump always like denies that he knew Epstein or uh-huh. they were close or like of course he, he ever really hung out with him. But even though there's pictures of them together. Yeah. And there's even a quote from a 2002 New York magazine. So in the in the article, Trump says, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. Ew. No doubt about Ugh. it. Jeffrey enjoys his social life. Sounds exactly like something Donald Trump would say. Oh, absolutely. But the big claim that anonymous is saying is that, you know, not only do these documents prove their point, but they have even more stuff that they haven't released, but they believe that Donald Trump was the one who got Jeffrey Epstein killed because 
he had to cover up all the shit that would have come out regarding his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking ring and all of, all of that, which is a huge allegation right. again. Yeah. And I'm just, this is anonymous making this claim right. and Donald Trump knows about this and has mm-hmm. said, this is completely false. There's no evidence to support this. And you know, this Maybe. is people just trying to be. assassinate my character, but I don't know. That's, it's, it seems like looking at everything from a larger view, it seems like there is some things there that definitely questionable. And of course he's going to deny them. Yeah. Who would want to have any involvement with Jeffrey Epstein? Exactly. Well, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the other thing too, is that anonymous released Jeffrey Epstein's black book mm-hmm. list of names and, you know, all of his contacts and, you know, people yeah, that there were a lot of surprising people in there. There was. Some of the names included Naomi Campbell. That's a really interesting one. Supermodel, yeah. Uh huh. Ivanka Trump, Phil Collins, and Prince Andrew, and Tony Blair. Yeah, former prime minister. Mm-hmm. So, so some, what would they be doing? What is their name in there for? Right. And that's the whole thing, too. And we'll do a whole episode going yes. through Epstein because you have to really understand his life and like how did he even become as rich as he did? Yeah. And what we don't even really understand his businesses or how he made money because. It's all related to nefarious activities, Mm -hmm. clearly. But nobody really knows like the extent that all of the why does he have all these big names in this little black book as as he called it? Like why are they in this book? That's so concerning. Mm -hmm. And people are obviously as soon as they're finding out their names are in there, like no idea what that means. I have nothing to do with Jeffrey Epstein. But why would he keep you in his little black book? What is the? There's some more significance. Deny it. No one's going to be like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. you know. But there was a photo that went around on Twitter that shows Donald Trump with Naomi Campbell, as well as Giselle Maxwell, who we all know was working with Epstein uh, doing the activities that he was doing. So there's even a photo proof that they were all together. Mm -hmm. So is it, you know, is the black book just a contact list for him maybe, or is there more significance to it? Does it implicate them in, you know, the activities that we know Jeffrey Epstein was a part of? That's the that's kind of the debate right now is we we just don't know there's not we don't enough, necessarily know there's not enough yeah. proof or evidence to suggest that all of these people in this black book but it's weird. are involved with it's his worth sex trafficking at. ring yeah it is definitely worth looking at and I mean obviously people uh, Bill Gates was one of the other ones that is in the black book as well mm-hmm. and you know Bill Gates has just been getting tons of shit right now for uh, you know all the vaccination stuff mm-hmm. and you know there was a theory going around that they were going to put microchips in the vaccination. Uh, for you know the virus and everything and again this has all been completely like false there's no evidence Mm -hmm. even bill gates is like all these conspiracy theories about me are insane you know i I, why would i do that this is completely untrue so then again but then then again i mean yeah how do we know knows how do we know knows can we trust him completely i don't know i don't know one of the richest men in the world can Mm -hmm. you trust any of the rich i don't know it's really hard to say starting to think a lot of them get corrupted pretty fast. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's really hard to say, but the other uh, last couple documents that got released were pertaining to lawsuits, uh, implicating Trump in some sexual assault, sexual abuse of underage children, pretty much. Now these are real documents. They are real. Correct? Absolutely. So even, you know, I went to Snopes because mm-hmm. Snopes goes and, you know, Right. Tries to figure out whether or not something is true. And I mean, I don't believe everything that Snopes posts, but 
Snopes does do their due diligence and they do look through this stuff. And as far as we know, these documents that Anonymous released are real. They are real lawsuits that were filed in California actually back in April uh, of 2016. So the lawsuits that were filed against Trump alleged that Trump and Epstein had sexually and physically abused a 13-year-old girl and forced her to engage in a bunch of very graphic sex acts, which I don't even want to talk about. It's so disgusting. Look it up if you haven't yet. Exactly. Yeah. We can post the, where, where I saw the links for these documents, but yeah, they basically in great detail, what these 12 and 13 year old girls were brought in to do for Epstein and Trump. And it would not surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. And that they would often uh, lure uh, young girls into underage sex parties by promising them money and a modeling career. So this particular lawsuit again, was filed in April of 2016, actually ended up getting dismissed over technical filing errors. Apparently, huh. the address listed in the court documents was a foreclosed home that has since been vacant since its owner died. And also, the plaintiff failed um, in her attempt to avoid incurring the cost of the litigation. Because like in a lot of lawsuits, the judge right. might force you to pay mm-hmm. for the litigation to do that. And So they scared the victim, pretty much. Either they scared the victim into silencing them or it was a completely fake claim at the beginning. Like somebody could just go file a lawsuit and remain anonymous. But why would you do that? Right. And the fact that it's Trump and Epstein, and this is a long time ago. And there was a lot of detail to this too. Yeah. And why, like, why would somebody believe victims? Right. Why would somebody just make this up? And obviously they're worried about their life if they're not actually putting their real name in there. And then the other lawsuit that Anonymous released was pertaining to a complaint filed by Katie Johnson, and no one has ever located her, identified her, or interviewed her, and she was scheduled to appear at a press conference on November 2nd, 2016, but didn't show up, asserting that threats to her life kept her away. Now, there's actually a video clip of this uh, alleged Katie Johnson individual, but her face is blurred out, and she, you know, in her report, it was also, or in her complaint, it was also very graphic about, you know, at the age of 12, how she was forced to do all these sexual acts with Trump. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's just disgusting. If it, especially if it is true. And even if it's not, it's fucking disgusting. But Trump again said that this was because the whole thing about it too, is that this was in 2016. So right before, you know, the election and everything. So there is a possibility that these were completely fake lawsuits that were filed in in order to try and take Trump down. There's a possibility. Possibility. That's all Mm -hmm. I'm saying, a possibility. But Mm -hmm. it's also possible that all of this is real. And, you know, it's just getting shut down. The words he says out of his own mouth, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be shocked if this is all real. We've seen enough from his character in his past that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely something there. And not only that, we do know that He paid Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet. That's Mm -hmm. a fact. And Anonymous also released another link that showed a number of other victims who have had uh, been sexually abused and assaulted by Trump and paid off, essentially. There's actual names and everything like that. So, again, it's very hard to try and fact check that stuff because we just don't know. But we do know that the documents were real and who would go through the who would hire exactly. a lawyer to write up a whole lawsuit just if to, it was right. fake? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And it's such a shot in the dark to try to bring somebody down that mm-hmm. way too, you know, unless it was real. 
Yeah, you would think you'd have something backing you up. I think it's just a case of victims being scared or being intimidated. Or silenced, for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most victims who do come forward, and uh, I mean, a lot of people, I should say, a lot of people do not come forward because they are afraid that they won't be taken seriously. And a lot of times that does happen, unfortunately. So, But a lot of times with lawsuits, they won't show up when it comes down to it because they get intimidated beforehand. Something happens or Mm -hmm. they're told, like, we'll kill your family or you if you go. Or it's just extremely triggering and mm-hmm. horrible to have to almost relive that. Right. And, you know, like I said, the chances of them actually getting convicted are pretty small. So a lot of times victims will have to go through the court, testify, relive this horrible trauma. And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, sorry, there was, you know, it yeah. wasn't enough evidence or whatever. Yeah, so we're, we're letting them off anyway. Out. Yep. Yep. So they relived all that trauma for nothing. Yeah. It's a really broken system. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think the biggest thing here though is that the reason why they went anonymous with the lawsuits is because you're dealing with somebody who's a a friend of Epstein's, extremely rich billionaire, who knows what they're capable yeah. of, who knows who they have working working for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do put yourself at a major risk. Uh, your life is at risk mm-hmm. uh, when you try to do, you know, that's very take true. down one of these people. They're that yeah. powerful and that rich that they have the ability to silence people clearly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what happened here. I, I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that, that was all real. But the last bit that anonymous release was written, but the last bit, but the last bit of information that anonymous released was regarding the Royal family. And they also claimed that they have further evidence to suggest that the British Royal family had princess Diana murdered because she had incriminating evidence against the Royal family's involvement in a sex trafficking ring. Now, this is something that I honestly think could be true. I truly believe that Princess Diana was murdered. That's one of the theories that I don't think is a theory. You know, I think it really did happen. It is the sketchiest fucking death. If you've never looked into it, look into it. It's so weird. I think we have an episode mm-hmm. on it. We do. Yeah, you we guys did a really good podcast on it and explains a lot. Yes. Um, so, but what is the evidence that it was because the family was involved in a sex trafficking ring? Yeah, I mean... That that's the the hard one to prove, but the little snippet, or it looks almost like an article, because it is an article uh, that was written about a retired hitman that apparently confessed to the murder of Princess Diana on his deathbed. on his deathbed. Yeah, and I can just read through it real quick because it is kind of interesting to consider. So, a dying British intelligence agent has made a series of stunning confessions after being told that he only has a matter of weeks to live by doctors, including that he was tasked with the murder of Princess Diana. 80-year-old John Hopkins is a retired MI5 operative who worked as a hitman for the UK government and claims to have carried out 23 assassinations between 1973 and 1999. John Hopkins was a 38-year veteran and claims that his job often involved discreetly assassinating individuals who pose a threat to national security. And during his time serving the United Kingdom, he trained extensively as a mechanical engineer and uh, ammunitions expert and claims to be seasoned in unconventional murders involving poisons and chemicals the retired british assassin says he worked as part of a cell of seven operatives who were trusted to conduct political assassinations during a period he describes as when mi5 operated with less external oversight many of his top secret cells victims were politicians journalists activists and union leaders and mr hopkins claims that princess diana was the only woman he ever killed adding that she was only the target where the order came directly from the royal family. When asked about how he felt about taking the life of the people's princess, he said that he felt bad about her death, describing her as a beautiful, kind-hearted woman who had her life cut tragically short, 
but that she was also placing the British crown at risk. He said the royal family had evidence that she was planning to divorce Charles. She too, she knew too many royal secrets. He goes on to say that she had a huge grudge and she was going to go public with all sorts of wild claims. My boss told me she had to die. He'd received orders directly from Prince Philip and we had to make it look like an accident. I never killed a woman before, much less a princess, but I obeyed orders. I did it for the queen and country. He claims the operation was run under strict control from Buckingham Palace in direct cooperation with the mainstream media. The high-level conspiracy involved collusion between the media and Palace to square their stories, make sure everybody was on the same page. It was a well-run operation, he said. Speaking about the conspirators in the operation, he went on to say that British journalists all answer to editors who answer to oligarchs who all want knighthoods from the crime family at Buckingham Palace. There is no free press in Britain. We got away with murder. Now, very bold claims there. Mm-hmm. And according to Snopes, they went and found, this isn't even new leaked information. That's kind of the whole thing with the anonymous yeah. leaks is that all this information all was already this. out there. And popular theory. Yeah. Right. And this actually came from an article posted on June 19th, 2017 from a website called your Newswire, which is known for spreading around kind of like a national Enquirer fake uh, news type website claims, very right, conspiracy yeah. theory, uh, central centralized type media outlet. Mm-hmm. I mean, something I've never heard of and I know a lot of conspiracy websites, but this one I think is blatantly a, a false, a false story. So I don't think we can like did this dying British intelligence yeah. agent really say this? Right. whether or not the theory or he actually did the murder. I don't yeah. know if he did. He might have just took credit on his death. Or did bed. he even say it? We don't yeah. even know if sure. this picture is even accurate. If this is even him like, right you know, this isn't anything that can be proven, but it's something interesting to think about. And the whole idea behind it, I think, is completely possible. Yeah. But I think it's also an important lesson for all of us, especially on social media these days. Like a lot of things get passed around, a lot of yeah. you know, anonymous post things, and mm-hmm. it's very easy to start thinking, oh, anonymous, they hacked it. They must know the truth. They must know, you know, the fact that they are putting this out there as fact it seems is a little alarming because a lot of people will fall for these stories and yeah. fall for the leaks and just believe everything they read online. That's why it's so important to go and fact check it and try to find, you know, evidence to support, you know, just because something is leaked doesn't mean that it's real. It's, it'd be very easy to craft up fake documents or create up fake stories about any of this stuff mm-hmm. and put it out there, especially if you're anonymous and you have the reach that you do and the abilities you do. So when you're releasing real documents, cause they clearly the Trump documents are real. Even Snopes says they are real. Why would they then, you know, put out something that's just complete bullshit. It's going to like ruin their reputation. Yeah. I I mean, I don't really understand why they put these out because it's already been out there. Like these are publicly accessed documents. Like they just Mm -hmm. went and found them and then re-released them per se. Mm -hmm. Wasn't like they went and got them out of a hidden filing cabinet and then showed the world. This is all stuff that any of us can get access to. And and that's why I'm a little skeptical of anonymous because we do not know who these people are. We do mm-hmm. not know and so many different people. Yeah. And you just don't know who's running these accounts. We don't know yeah. how legitimate they are or what their agenda is. And, you know, they can say all the things that they want to, but 
definitely take it all with a grain of salt because yeah, you just don't really know. If there's anybody that I trust for like leaks on news and stuff, it's it's WikiLeaks. I mean, mm -hmm. the things that WikiLeaks has is actual like confirmed real shit documents. that is yeah. factual, real information. And that's why everybody with WikiLeaks is like on the run, you know? Yeah. And the government publicly says we want Julian Assange. We want, mm -hmm. you know, all these people involved with WikiLeaks and people have gone to prison for WikiLeaks because they've got the real shit. Yeah. And anonymous, I'm sorry, but like a lot of their shit is bullshit because even when I have my YouTube channel, anonymous came out with this claim that NASA's about to, they did this right. whole video. They're like, NASA's about to announce that they found extraterrestrial life. Yeah. And it was like this huge deal went viral on it YouTube. Did. It was like millions, millions that. of views. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody gets kind of like sucked into the anonymous videos because you know, it's like door, door, door. you know, they got their voice changers yeah. and it looks all like official, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it was just bullshit. There was no proof. Yeah, nothing it. came out of it. Like, oh, well, we just didn't release it, but they said mm. they had it. Why wouldn't you release it then? And that's the trend we've kind of seen with Anonymous is that yeah. very rarely do they put out real leaks and real information that is factual. Mm -hmm. It seems like I, I love that they're using their platform to, mm -hmm. you know, promote Black Lives Matter and, you know, support protesters and support and the being cause. Activists, yeah. Mm -hmm. Be activists, but at the end of the day, you gotta have evidence to back up your claims exactly yeah. so, so they have some but not for everything that they're claiming right enough to make you think about it sure but enough to say that it's real no well i want to know what you guys all think about the anonymous claims which ones do you believe which ones do you not believe let us know in the comments we want to hear from you well, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode there thanks again for listening to another episode of the mile higher podcast yes we will be back next week with a true crime case we will and we're looking forward to it. Also, I wanted to say before we go to make sure you sign as many petitions as you can. We will leave a bunch in the description box as well as places to donate. Yes. Or you can go check out our fundraiser that we did on my main channel. Uh, we did a little live streaming game night and raised over $9,000. So that was really cool. Yep. So if you'd like to contribute to that fund, it's still available on my channel. But that's it for us today, guys. Stay safe. And stay woke. See you guys next time.